Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Today, experts believe there are more than 200 Christian denominations in the U.S. and a staggering 45,000 globally. As astonishing as that number is, is this what Jesus had in mind when he established the church? In part one of this week's episode, Francis Chan reminds us of the power and weight of what it means to be the church, the body of Christ, as Jesus intended. We hope that this message will strengthen your faith and give you a clearer revelation of what it means to be united in the church. And stay tuned after today's teaching for an update from Francis on the 100 Cities Training, a new initiative from Crazy Love, YWAM Kona, Antioch Movement, and Upper Room to train and equip young leaders to plant churches in the 100 most unreached cities in the U.S. We're currently accepting applications now through September 3rd for the fall cohort, so we encourage you to go to 100cities.org for more information. That's H-U-N-D-R-E-D-Cities.org. I was thinking last night about how weird this must be for some of you. Um depending on how you grew up. I mean, I I think even just, for some of you, it's weird to take your shoes off, right? And uh, I think one of the things that um, had a deep impact in my life is just traveling the world. And, you know, like our whole family was just in Hong Kong recently. And it's not weird to take your shoes off. It's weird if anyone keeps their shoes on in a house. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've I've changed the most in over my life is I'm not so quick to be sure that I'm right and everyone else is weird. You know, you go somewhere and you, you start thinking, like, why do they do that? And you go, gosh, that's weird. Everyone takes off their shoes. And then you start thinking, wow, it's weird that in America we walk everywhere over all sorts of things. And then we trample that into the house. And we think that's normal. So I stepped in poop and then I walk into my house in those same shoes. and No big deal. That's weird. It's not weird that you take your shoes off, it's weird that you wouldn't. And you, you start to go, wow, that actually makes sense. Maybe I'll take my shoes off more often. And I remember the first trip to India. <clears throat> right when we got there, we were talking to uh, one of KP's friends in New Delhi, uh, one of the leaders, I think it was Bishop Simon John, is that right, Lise? Or John Simon? Those two godly names. And, uh, and he was telling his, us his story, and I believe it was him, where he was talking about, I think my wife's like, how did you and your wife meet? He's like, uh, at the wedding, you know? And uh, he's in an arranged marriage. And first guy I'd ever met that was in an arranged marriage. But then he starts explaining, everyone is in an arranged marriage. Like, that's the way our country has operated for centuries. Like, you just show up and you 
discover who you marry. And I'm thinking, that is so weird. And then he says, it's only been recently that with Hollywood influence that more and more of the young people are doing what the Americans do. And I thought, India had, at that time, like 1.2 billion people that would look at our 280 million in the U.S. and go, that's weird. That's weird. So how did you find your wife, Lisa? It's like, oh, well, I dated like 30 different girls and then ended up with her. You know, I just kept upgrading. And then... <laughs> I thought, wow, I think this is the best I'm going to get, and I just went for it. <clears throat> then I realized, I think that's actually weird. <laughs> you know, you, you start realizing, gosh, it's, it's strange how we determine what is weird. It's just whatever we're not used to. And I uh, thought about last night how... That was the first time where, for me even, being in a gathering where suddenly in the middle of the service you have eight minutes of silence. And for some of you, that was weird, right? Like, no noise for eight minutes? Eight minutes of silence is very weird but eight minutes of scrolling through TikTok videos, hundreds of them, that's normal. Okay, what's weird? Is it weird that, that, that we were quiet for eight minutes without any screen? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of, you know. Or is it weird that your mind is conditioned to scroll through video after video after video of so many things going into your mind. Do you think anyone in history, remember there were people that were born before you, and for thousands of years, they would look at you staring at a little screen through hundreds of videos and go, that is so weird. How does your mind process all of that? How does your mind work after doing all of that? And what's even weirder is some of you then go and you try to pray and you think, wow, that's weird. I can't concentrate. I can't focus. When the scripture is so clear, you need to exercise self-control and be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, our ministry just purchased like 40 acres of land um, in the Bay Area, San Francisco um, area, out past San Jose. And we did this because these 40 acres, there's no neighbors. So it just goes into protected land, which is crazy in the Bay Area. And it's completely silent, which is really weird in the Bay Area. 
And I did this because I wanted to take people up there to silence and have them turn in their cell phones and have no TV up there and just enjoy each other, enjoy the Lord. And it's weird. It's weird to be in nature for many people there. It's weird to see a deer. It's weird to see any animals. It's weird to hear silence. But I did this because, so years ago I moved to San Francisco and I began working with the homeless and the drug addicted. And I would share the gospel with people on the streets. And then the next day I'd follow up with them and they'd look at me like they'd never met me before because they were on drugs the day before when I'm sharing the gospel. And so they don't even remember meeting me, much less what I shared with them. Now, of course, the power, you know, God's power is strong enough and he could, you know, the gospel could get through even a drug-induced mind. But after a while, you start realizing this is dumb. Uh, why would I preach to people who are high? They're not going to remember me. And so we realized we need to detox people first so that their mind can be clear and then they'll actually hear what I'm saying. It's a brilliant idea. And uh, <clears throat> now years later, I'm realizing people with their phones and all the things you see that I could give you a 30-minute message, but what's the point? Because right afterward, you're going to go right back to your drug and you're going to be scrolling and forget anything that I said. I need to detox you first because your mind isn't working right. And so that's why we bought this property. I want to detox people, not from drugs, you know, not from, you know, crack, but from your phones and your minds to where... Let's just be in silence for a little bit to where you can look me in the eyes and not be like, who's texting? You know, like, let's just be quiet for a little bit. Just go out, throw a football, whatever. Let's have a conversation without you being interrupted every few seconds. Let's learn how to pray again. Let's learn how to relate again have conversations again because it's actually pretty fun it's actually pretty cool talking to people friends are kind of cool I remember last summer I told my kids I'm just going to take you away I don't know I actually this the first time was like years ago where I said, hey, we're going to go to the mountains, up to Lake Tahoe, and there'll be no screens whatsoever for like three days. Okay, I don't want any electronics. No iPads, no phones, no computers, no TVs. And when people heard I was doing this, they would just look at me like, how could you do that to your children? And I go, 
look, you guys, I'm gonna teach you how to snowboard. We're gonna go down, we, there's this thing called snow, and you could make it into little balls and throw it at each other. Like when I was a kid, these were things we would actually do. You can go outside, and uh, <clears throat> I go, trust me, you're not gonna miss your phone. And we just had an amazing three or four days. And afterwards, the kids were like, can we do this every year? And so this last summer, I was like, okay, we're going to go for two weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. So like, oh. Um, That's so crazy. Uh, but we're going to go for two weeks and um, no electronics. And, but to make it easier, we're going to go to Alaska. Well, I've, I've never been to Alaska, you know? <clears throat> we're going to fish. We're going to look for whales, look for bears. We're going to, but just be in silence. And we got this little um, friend, let me borrow his cabin. And we're in a place where there's no cars. You can only get to this cabin by a boat. And there's no, there's no toilet. Like, there's no running, like... It, it has this toilet where it, it, it burns everything. So you gotta put a paper down, it's called this incinerator. That's totally cool, every time you go, whether you poop or you pee, you just, it, it, it burns it all, you know? And so there's no noise, there's no plumbing, there's no, and you know, and then we just get in this little boat and we're out fishing, you know, me and my sons. And it's like, this is awesome. Pulling up the craziest fish, you know. We left this little fish on the on the porch, and this bald eagle comes down and grabs it and flies off. And we got it all on video, like, whoa, you know, just it, it just just talking about it. I'm going, that was so awesome. So many good memories. Just quiet. Most of you, your minds are going so fast, you don't even realize it because it's become normal. And you don't think this is weird. You think this is weird. No one's looking at their phone right now. That's weird. planted a church when I was 26 years old and I've been through seminary and I just thought okay I want people to hear the Word of God so every week I would study study the Word of God and then I'd preach a 40-minute sermon do 30 minutes of singing and then we'd get the people out and let the next group come in and I did this for years I mean it started off just in my house but then we rented a junior high cafeteria then we rented a little you know store next to Chuck E. Cheese and then we uh, bought a little building and then we made a bigger building and then a bigger building and then we we're well, then we purchased like all of this land and we we're gonna do 
an even bigger building. And and I remember looking at other churches and thinking, wow, that church over there is weird. You know, they still have guys showing up in robes. Um, or that church down the street is weird because everyone wears a tie. They get dressed up. Or, wow, that church is weird. They have women that cover their heads. That's weird. Then I used to look at churches like, wow, that church is weird. They meet in a house. Anything that was different from what I was doing was weird. It's weird. I mean, think about it. For you, it was weird to be in silence for that long and for things to be so mellow and subdued and for someone just to read the Word of God quietly. But for most of you, it's not weird to have some girl on stage with tight jeans running around and your children and your brother and your... You know, and you're, you're like, what's weird about that? Um... That's normal to you. But let's look at church history. This was one of the biggest lessons that KP taught me. And it was only a few years ago. He just said, hey, have you ever studied church history? He's like, well, of course, I went to seminary. And he says, yeah, but at your seminary, you just learned the last 500 years of church history. He goes, what did people do during the first two or three hundred years? When Christ ascended back into heaven and the church began, what did they do? And I said, I don't know, I never really thought about it. I just, I just kind of did things the way I was used to them and thought everything else was weird. He says, I encourage you to study the first thousand years of church history. Study the first 1,500 years of church history. What did they do? And so it took me on this journey of studying things, and I thought, wow, it is really weird that I've never thought about these things. I just got so accustomed to the way that we do things now that I would think anything else is weird. <clears throat> How many of you guys grew up in a Baptist church? Okay, a lot of you. Anyone grew up in Presbyterian? Okay. Anyone grow up in Roman Catholic? Okay. Anyone grow up in a charismatic church? Okay. Pentecostal? How many grew up in uh, like a conservative cessationist, like there are no miracles church? Okay. Oh, we're the only ones. Okay. Um, how many grew up in like a seeker friendly, like, you know, contemporary service, band, and everything else? Okay. A few of you. Oh, that's interesting. Anyone grow up in an Anglican church? Okay. Uh, 
else is there? Methodist? Okay, Methodist. Lutheran? Lutherans. Um, what else is left? <laughs> There's more. Orthodox? See, that's weird. We don't think it's weird because that's just normal. We grow up and we're all in different churches, different types of churches. I never really thought about, did you realize that if you grew up, if you were born a thousand years ago, we wouldn't be saying this. There was just one church. But we've accepted the fact that there's thousands of denominations now. And we would think it would be weird for there to be one church. I never thought about the fact that for a thousand years after Christ rose from the dead, there was one church. But you didn't ask people, what church do you go to? There was just one church. And as I sort of started, it wasn't till the year 1054 that the Roman Catholic Church came to be, that there was a separation from the East and the West. And now there are two churches. And now there are two communion tables and you're not allowed at each other's table. I mean, don't we all wish we were born a thousand years ago when there was one church? I mean, I, I have yet to meet Christians who sincerely just go, I'm so glad there's a thousand churches. Because I would hate for us all to be one. But it's weird that I just accepted that. Of course there will be thousands of places you go. And of course everyone's wrong except for my denomination. And everyone's weird except for us. I mean, that's what I was taught in seminary. You know, some people are closer to my theology, so they're closer to absolute truth. But you go further and further and further, and at some point they're heretics because they're this far away from us and this theology that this one guy came up with who was the president. And I used to think, wow, it's weird that people just follow these traditions, you know, and they just kind of do the same thing every week. And liturgy is very weird to me. It, this is weird to me. You know, don't you guys just read the same thing every week? We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That was weird to me. But like I said, the older I get, the more I question what's weird, and I'm open to the possibility that I'm the weird one. So is it weird that for centuries the church was in agreement 
and all, there was just one council of church leaders and they all come together and say, this is what we all, the whole church believes, that we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And for centuries, believers have agreed, this is what we believe. And they say it together, they live by it. <clears throat> or is it weird that in 1994, a guy named Francis Chan starts his own church and studies in an office by himself with some computer software and comes up with a creative sermon and he has the freedom to stand up and just share his opinion about the scriptures and thousands of people come and just listen to that one guy and what he thinks and how he interprets a scripture. What's weirder? And now it's not even that every pastor is his own pope, but really every congregation member has their own blog and opinion. So what, who's the weird one? Who are the weird ones? See, it's weird that some of you, like what's your name? Tirza? No way. My wife wanted to name one of our kids Tirza, and you are the first Tirza I have met. That's pretty weird. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is a very, very cool name. You know the history of Tirza, obviously. She was really cool. Was Tirza one that, I forgot, was she the one that fought for, hey, this should be our land? No, wait, what did Tirza do? You don't, you don't know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, they asked, yeah, they asked Moses for their inheritance because there was no brother and she's like, well, that's not fair, so we don't get the land. Give me the land. Good job. And, uh, <clears throat> okay, sorry, anyways, I got distracted. Wow, Tirza, that's awesome. How old are you, Tirza? 18. Okay, do you think you and I agree on everything? Maybe not. Now, if you and I disagree on something, who do you think is right, you or me? Very humble of you. That's, that's, that's nice. But um, who knows? Maybe. Maybe me. Um, did you grow up out here? Where did you grow up? Now, Tears and I will have different opinions on different things, right? So how do we determine who's right? Just like all of you will have different opinions than me. But, but let's just take Tirza for an example. Let's say she has an opinion on something and I have an opinion on something. Who would you bet on between Tirza and I of who is actually right in God's eyes? I'm guessing 
most of you, if we did a secret ballot, you would bet on me, right? She's 18, come on. <clears throat> I'm 55. I've lived a long life, got seven kids, three grandkids, went through seminary, been teaching the word of God for like 40 years. Yeah, 35. So, got a lot of experience in walking with the Lord, seeking Him. You heard me preach last night. It was pretty good. So, you know, you just go, okay, I think I'll bet on Francis. But it's, it's weird, though, because most of you are pretty sure of your opinions. And you ever ask yourself, why? Most of you just believe whatever you think. You think a certain thing, so you just assume it's true because you, you, you bet on yourself. And my question is, why do you bet on yourself? Because you're 18? Like, why would you bet on yourself? See, see why do we think we are right? Because something in us, just like when I was 26 and starting my church, I would just look at everyone else as weird and their theology was wrong. Why? Because I went to seminary. Well, I went to a seminary that told me that everyone else is wrong. And then, and then I, I just figured, well, I study hard like others don't. I said, but I'm my IQ is pretty high. I think. I didn't really test it. But I, I just think, you know, I, I, I mean, I got A's all through school. I, I, can, I can get an A in any class. I, I really believe that. So that makes me right. I mean, what makes me right? See, one of the lessons, I, one of the few lessons I learned in seminary was, was one of the first ones where there was this word, big word called epistemology. It's a theory of knowledge. Like, how do you know something to be true? And you start wondering, how do I know? Well, I studied a lot. But it depends on who you study. You know? And you, and you, you go, well, I, I studied what this guy wrote. Well, now you're betting that that guy was right. And you just start wondering, wait, wait a second. How do I know I'm right? Is, is it intellect? When you read the Word of God, does it show that the person who is most intellectual will arrive at the truth? Well, then we got to figure out, well, who's closer to the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. So now it's, well, who's closer to the Holy Spirit? Tears our eye. And is that the determining factor? But God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So I think I'm right because I'm more humble than you are. And God's given me grace to find truth and not you because you're cocky, Tirza. You think your name's so cool. You know, it's just all of this. You start going, whoa, wait a second. Why am I right? Is it because I'm more intelligent? 
Is it more because I'm closer to the Spirit? Is it because I'm more humble? So we're about two thirds of the way through our first uh, 100 Cities Initiative group. The first cohort has just been loving it. And I think what's been surprising is the depth of relationship that many of them have never experienced in a, in a church setting. So it gets us excited for them to experience this so they can go out and replicate that. Um, but right now we're, we're taking signups for the fall cohort and we still have spaces available. So I'd encourage you guys to sign up because we just really believe there needs to be a fresh wave of church planting here in the U.S. and that there are people hungry for this. And so if you sense in any way that God is calling you to maybe be a leader or to join with a group of people in planting churches and spreading the name of Christ here in the U.S. through the local church, then we'd love to, we'd love to have you apply and talk through if this is a fit for you. For more information or to apply, visit hundredcities.org. That's H-U-N-D-R-E-D cities.org. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next week for part two of today's teaching. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.